Good morning. It is another Sunday morning here at Bay Area Church. It's uh, starting to feel a little bit like fall outside, and we're glad that you're joining us from home for our worship this morning. Well, we're going to sing some songs. We are going to have a wonderful lesson brought to us from Brother Tim, and we're going to observe Lord's Communion, and we hope that uh, from home uh, you will join us in all of those activities, and we'll all be one in mind and one in spirit as we worship our Father this morning. Uh, if you are watching at home, please take just a moment to like and share this on your Facebook feed. Uh, you never know who out there is perusing the internet. Good morning again. <laughs> you never know who out there is, uh, is perusing the internet this morning and could come across this and, and probably needs to hear uh, what, what we're going to be doing this morning. So please like and share. Uh, and if you've missed any of our uh, recent sermons, um, you can certainly go back to the archive and check that out. Uh, before we get started this morning, we've got some announcements we're going to go through here really quickly. Um, obviously, we're back to worshiping in the building in a limited capacity. If that's something you'd like to take part in, we'd love to have you here. Uh, please check out the church website, watch the video, um, understand what it, what it takes to, to be here on a Sunday morning. But we'd love to have you, and we ask that you sign up online. Um, if you're going to come and join us by Thursday at noon. So please check out the church website for more info on that. On our prayer list, we've got some things to be prayerful and some things to be thankful for. Um, our sister, Bernabella Vielma, uh, the missionary in Venezuela, will be having surgery on October 9th, so we want to keep her in our prayers. Gary Lambrick continues to make progress as he's um, at home and he's continuing to recover, so we want to keep Gary in our prayers. Um, our brother George Klein saw a specialist this week and is going to be having a biopsy in the near future to try to get some more clarity in what's going on there, so we want to keep George in our prayers as well. Um, remember to keep David Harkins in our prayers. Um, he's still trying to get well enough to get back with some family in Tennessee, I believe, so we're going to keep David in our prayers. And Russ Myers, who is the cousin of George Barlow, is hospitalized right now with COVID. Um, certainly this week in particular, we've seen that nobody is immune from this. Um, from, from the very upper echelon of, of our leaders down to, you know, people in our neighborhoods that we know. And we want to keep all of those people in our prayers, um, from, from our presidents and leaders, uh, people across the world, uh, to the people who, uh, you know, are in our own backyards. We want to be sure that we're continuing to pray for all who are being affected by this virus. Several of our families are grieving losses this week. Um, we mentioned last week Jan Sweeney lost her son, Bruce Burnham, after a long uh, bout with cancer. She is not here this week. She is traveling to be with some family and, and with some loved ones, so we want to continue to keep that family in our prayers. Um, our love and prayers are also extended to Wanda Daniels and Sandra Bush and their entire family uh, on the recent passing of her niece, uh, Antra Mathis. So we want to be able to keep that family in our prayers as well. Um, on a lighter note, the Fall Festival is coming on October 24th. Going to look a little bit different this year. We're not going to have the traditional Fall Festival we've all been used to. Uh, we're going to do the next in our series of, uh, of outdoor drive-in movies, uh, but there's going to be some extra activities as well. It's going to look a little bit different, but Angie and Robbie have been planning an event for a lot of fun for the entire congregation. Um, it's going to be 5.30 to 9.30 p.m., again, on October 24th. It's going to start at uh, 5.30. There will be a pie-eating contest. Uh, so I know some of you will want to get involved in that. No pie sharing. We're going to you're gonna have to eat the whole thing. Um, but a pie-eating contest, a family pumpkin uh, carving contest, and a balloon artist is going to be there. So let Robbie know if you want to participate in the pie-eating or the pumpkin carving uh, contest so we can make sure that we've got enough pies and pumpkins. But... Um, That'll be a lot of fun. 
A little before the movie is going to begin at 7, the Kona Ice Truck will be here to give everybody a treat, uh, which for those of you who are here for, uh, what was it, Mulan? What was No, the one before Mulan, whatever. We've done that before. It's a lot of time. Uh, it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun for everybody to come out and enjoy a nice icy treat. Uh, we're going to stay in our car seating for the movie. There'll be tons of fun for all ages, so make sure to go ahead and mark your calendars for October 24th. Plan on being there. It's going to be a great time. Um, for the kids on Faith Lane, Miss Angie is continuing her Thursday night Zoom pajama parties. They've been a huge hit. If you haven't joined in on one, mom and dad, make sure your kids don't miss out on it. This week's theme is going to be in the garden, so you're going to want to check that out. Um, and for the youth group, the youth group uh, had a great karaoke night last week. Uh, boy, do we have some talented teens sharing their vocal performances with us. Um, Robbie said that's something he'll do again, but uh, you'll all be wanting to brush up on your talent to put your best foot forward on that. Be sure if you're in the youth group to be logging into classes. They'll be taking place right after service this morning, so grab some lunch, uh, jump on the Zoom call, and, and Robbie's got a great plan for, for you guys today as well. As we look into all the world, um, all overseas, our Christian families need to be in our daily prayers and encouragement, uh, anything we can offer in that way. Not a single one of them fail, of the, the missionaries and the families that we're, that we're supporting, not a single one of them fail to thank Bay Area for the continued support and the extra support that we've been able to send during this especially difficult time. Uh, Bay Area, this is because of your faithfulness uh, and your generosity and ability to share and your willingness to do so at this time. Uh, and it's, it's uh, certainly appreciated by all of us, but beyond what we can see, uh, to, to the edges of the globe, really, we're, we're sending a lot of support that a lot of people are thankful for. Um, and we're not to, to be commended and pat ourselves on the back about that, but, but it is something that we should be doing. Uh, it's exactly what God wants of us, and we've been doing our best to step up to that. So let's continue to do that and be prayerful about what we can do with, with what we've been blessed with. Um, what a blessing it's been not only to take care of our needs, but to be able to take care of needs of those who need it the most. Um, and with that said, we're going to go ahead and transition into our worship this morning. Um, we're going to spend some time singing. We're going to spend some time hearing God's word and a great sermon. And then we're going to be observing the Lord's Supper. But before we start all of that, let's just bow for a quick word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all that you've blessed us with. In a time where... Uh, the world can seem so dark and dreary, we know that this is all just temporary, that you have something better in store for us, and we thank you for that, because we certainly don't deserve it. We don't deserve all the love that you give us, but we are so thankful to be able to call you Father and to know that we are your children. Lord, we pray that you will be with all of those who are hurting, to, with all of those who are suffering with, with this coronavirus and with other illnesses of our bodies. Lord, encourage us to know that this is just temporary, and that you have a better plan for us, uh, a better eternity in store for us. Help us to focus on that. Help us to be a light to those that we come across in our lives. Help us to shine your son's love in everything that we do. And it is in that son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The heels of uh, Mike's prayer. I have a distinct memory for the first time that I ever heard this song. I was in uh, junior high school, and it was a Sunday night church singing where we would get together once a month and we'd learn new songs and we'd practice stuff. And somebody asked to sing this song, and I remember distinctly it being introduced with a, oh man, this is an old song. We haven't sung this song in years. That was almost, that was over 50 years ago. 
If you can read the real small print at the bottom of the screen, the song was written back in 1936. The message of this song was true then. It was true when I learned it in the mid-60s, and in 2020, it couldn't be more true. So let's sing This World Is Not My Home. This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid off somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. They're all expecting me, and that's one thing I know. My Savior pardoned me, and now I onward go. I know they'll take me through, though I am weak and poor, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Just up in glory land, we'll live eternally. The saints on every hand are shouting victory. The song of sweetest praise drifts back from heaven's shore. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. I sing a simple song of love to my Savior, and to my Jesus. I'm grateful for the things you've done, my loving Savior, oh, precious Jesus. My heart is glad that you call me To my Savior, and to my 
grateful for the things you've done, my loving Savior, oh precious Jesus, and my heart is glad that you call me your own, and there's no place I'd rather be.
Good morning. I walked by Don and he said, follow that up. So not even going to try. 
Glad that you're here this morning. Glad that you're joining us online this morning as well. Um, you're right where you need to be, whether you're here or in front of your television or whatever. Uh, but what we're doing is worshiping God this morning. And glad that we're able to do it together. I am uh, impressed with the jenga that's going on here at the auditorium. People getting you know, kind of distanced. And I'm also a little bit depressed with the fact that we can't get closer, and I see people, and I think you're smiling, and I think I would like to give you a hug, but uh, we'll take a rain check on it, I guess, but just know that uh, we're glad to be together this morning. We are wrapping up this sermon series through the book of Ruth this morning, and for the past six weeks, we have had kind of a front row seat to this love story that we have been witnessing. And this morning, we're going to try to tie up a few loose ends. I hope that you are encouraged this morning. I hope that you're a little bit challenged with the lesson this morning. So go ahead and open up your Bibles to the fourth chapter of the book of Ruth. Ruth is one of only two books in the Bible named after a woman, the other being Esther. And although Ruth is certainly a major player in this narrative, in a lot of ways, the hero of the story and kind of the focus of the story is the Hebrew gentleman by the name of Boaz. I mean, none of this would have happened had not Ruth followed her mother-in-law back from Moab to Israel. I get that, but, but Boaz is the Christ figure here. And we talked about last week, Boaz is the one who's willing at great personal cost to become a redeemer. And Boaz is willing to redeem Ruth. And what that means is he's willing to marry Ruth. And not only as a redeemer is he willing to marry Ruth, he's willing to make the decision to try and become a father. Because to truly be a redeemer, a son is going to have to be born. Uh, so that the property of Elimelech can stay in the family's name, and so that the uh, family's name can stay in the town records. So, in, in a lot of ways, the hero of this story is uh, Boaz, but also, in a lot of ways, the exciting part of this story is not a marriage, it's a birth. When Boaz says, I'm going to be your redeemer, he's saying, I'm going to marry Ruth, and I'm going to try to become a father. Uh, to a son or a child that we might have. So, Boaz is paying a great price to redeem this estate. Let, let's take a look at the narrative. Um, in the past six weeks now, we have actually read through the entire book of Ruth. We're going to finish it this morning, and I'm not apologizing for that. I'm just saying it because I think it's the first time I've ever done that in a sermon series. But let's finish up the narrative. Ruth chapter 4, verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. Then he went to her, and the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. The women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child laid him in her lap and cared for him. The women living there said, Naomi has a son, and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, 
the father of David. This then is the family line of Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Amminadab, Amminadab the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, Boaz the father of Obed, Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David. Let me share with you this morning just a couple really simple thoughts, but I think also some really important points that we can learn from the end of the story of Ruth and Boaz and Naomi. And the first is, children are a gift from God. Make no mistake, you know, children are a gift from God. When Boaz announces to the elders at the city gate that I am going to redeem Ruth, they announce to Boaz a blessing. And it's sort of a prophetic blessing that they announced to Boaz. And it's a blessing that it actually involves a whole lot of faith as well. Uh, verse 12 in chapter 4. This is the city elders talking to Boaz. Through the offspring the Lord gives you by this young woman, may your family be like that of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. Now, you need to remember something in this narrative. Ruth is not some teenage virgin. Ruth has already been married. In fact, she was married 10 years to Naomi's son before he died. For 10 years, she hasn't given birth to a child. And there's nothing in the narrative that indicates that she ever became pregnant during those 10 years. Apparently, Ruth never conceived during those 10 years. Now, in our culture, we might very well conclude, well, maybe Ruth and her husband just chose not to have children. Or we might conclude maybe there was a medical issue involved with their not being able to have children. In that culture, that would not have been the conclusion. The conclusion would not have been, well, that's just a lifestyle choice that they've chosen. And the conclusion would not have been, that is a um, biological problem. To the Hebrews, that would not have been a biological problem. That would have been a theological problem. They would have interpreted that as, that's God's judgment on Elimelech for taking his family, taking them to a place like Moab, where they're worshiping other gods, God by the name of Chemosh, that demanded children's sacrifices. And God wasn't going to bless them with a child when they were living in a place where child, children were treated like commodities. That would have been their conclusion. But Ruth doesn't live in Moab anymore. She lives in Israel. And she doesn't worship Chemosh anymore. She worships Yahweh, the God of Israel. She has sought refuge under His wings. So under these new circumstances, these men tell Boaz, may the Lord bless you through the offspring this union will produce. And the text says in verse 13, so Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. Then he went to her, and, and notice what the text says. He went to her and the Lord enabled her to conceive. And she gave birth to a son. Let me just go ahead and say something here because, because I feel like it needs to be said. There is a, a, a lot of conversation in the abortion debate 
And there's a lot of argument about when exactly does life begin. The Bible says that the conception of a child is a gift from God, not just the birth of a child. This conception is a gift from God, and you don't take a gift from God and dismiss it. And you don't disdain it, and you don't discard it. And that is in no way a political statement. I'm just telling you what the Word of God says. This child, was Obed's, this child Obed was Boaz's son. But Scripture makes it clear he was a gift from God. Now, sometimes you hear, hear people in our culture say, well, that was, it was an accidental pregnancy, or the pregnancy was a mistake. The people in, in that day would have never understood that sentiment, let alone shared it, because to them, all children were a gift from God. In fact, that's exactly what the psalmist says in Psalm 127. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. Like I said, the Hebrews reading this, this uh, book of Ruth, the exciting part to them wouldn't have been, hey, Ruth and Boaz got married. The exciting part would have been birth of Obed. They had a child. Ultimately, Obed is Naomi's redeemer. Remember, the women told Naomi, you now have a son. Naomi has a son. Going to take care of her in her old age. It was the birth of Obed to redeem. It took the birth of Obed to redeem the family of Elimelech. But it took Boaz's willingness to become a father to allow that to happen. And that's my second point this morning. Children need a dad. I told you these are pretty simple points. But they're pretty important points as well. Children need a dad. And I almost hesitate to make that point this morning because I realize there are so many wonderful women who are raising children alone in our culture. I have tremendous respect for women who are sacrificing and who are loving uh, their children. And God is going to reward those women for the sacrifice and the love that they show towards their children. It can be done. So many women are doing it. But that was never God's intention. God's design is for children to have a mother and a father. Kids need dads. There, there's just been a ton of research done on this. Let me share with, uh, with you some numbers from a study done by World Magazine. It's, it's disturbing. 60% of rapists, 63% of youth suicides, 70% of long-term prison inmates, 71% of high school dropouts, 85% of young people in prison, 90% of homeless and runaway children come from homes where the father is not present. I'm not talking about dads who have you know, passed away, something like that. I'm talking about where a father who just made a decision, I'm checking out. I'm leaving. You know, we live in very strange times. We live in a time where it seems to me like, more than ever, men need to step up and be men. Except our culture, for some reason, gives the, the message that maleness is some kind of a problem that needs to be fixed. 
Our culture is telling us that maleness is some kind of a disease that needs to be eradicated. But you look back in the book of Genesis, God made them male and female, and then he said, it's good. Maleness isn't some problem that we need to fix. It's a gift of God that needs to be claimed for the glory of God. Children need a dad. Children need a mom. Boaz shows us what that means. And Boaz shows us just how important that is. Let me share with you a couple of things out of Boaz's life that, that we can all learn some lessons from, but I think especially us dads. Dads need to, need to model a consistent daily faith. We need to be the ones who are modeling a consistent daily faith. I'm sure you've heard the, the old saying, character is caught more than it's taught. And what that means is we need to be focused on God when we sit at home, when we walk along the road, when we get up, when we lie down. What it means is our focus and our passion and our faith needs to be just as strong on a Thursday afternoon as it is on a Sunday morning. Listen to what Proverbs says. This is going to sound familiar to you. Verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead none on your own understanding. And then the next phrase, in all your ways acknowledge Him and He'll make your paths straight. We know verses 5 and 6, but bounce up to verse 1. Listen, my son, to the wisdom of your father. This passage that we know so well, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding in all your ways. Now acknowledge Him and make your path straight. That is advice coming from a dad to his son. And he's saying, son, you need to trust God. You need to acknowledge God in all your ways, in every aspect of your life. You listen to God. And that's exactly what Boaz does in our story. His faith saturates his life. And we see that. We see that in these four chapters. And it's kind of interesting. We never do see Boaz, what we would call worship. We never see him worshiping God, but, but notice what we do see Boaz doing. We see him with his employees, greeting them in the name of the Lord. We see a man who has a heart for people who are living in the margins. He cares about the needy. We see all through the book of Ruth that Boaz has a respect for women. And not only does he respect women, he makes sure that the people who work for him honor and respect women. We see a man who is ethical in his business dealings. When he wants something, he goes about it in the right way. He honors his neighbors. He honors his elders. We see a man who is willing to sacrifice for love. Faith for Boaz was not just a belief system. Dads, if you want to pass a, 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 a faith on to your kids, it doesn't start with do this or read that. It starts with watch me. And they are watching and they are learning. Because character is caught 
more than it's taught. Boaz is the kind of dad who had a consistent daily faith, saturated his life. Here's another thing about Boaz that I think we need to remember. Um, Boaz loved his wife. Dads, we need to love our wives, and we need to make sure that our children know that we love our wives. You know, in the New Testament, uh, Paul tells us in Ephesians, Husband, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. The bar is set pretty high. And the greatest gift, I think, that a father can give his children is to love their mother. And you think about Obed. Don't you know that Obed never got tired of hearing the story about how Boaz and Ruth met? Because kids love to hear that. Tell me the story again, Dad. Tell me the story. Tell me how you met. Okay, one more time. Um, I walked up to my field one day, and here's this woman gleaning in my field, and I asked, who's that? And someone told me it was Ruth the Moabitess. And I invited her over to eat with us, and we got to know each other, and we fell in love. And I paid a great price to be able to marry your mother. It's a love story. It's such a great love story. Now, we are all familiar, at least I think most of us, are familiar with how the book of Proverbs ends. You always hear it quoted on Mother's Day, Proverbs 31, the woman of noble character, that section of Scripture that says, you know, uh, her husband praises her, her children praise her. And you remember how that section of Scripture begins? A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. We know that section, don't we? We know that quote. Here's something you might not know. In the Hebrew Bible, guess what book follows Proverbs? It's the book of Ruth. So the book of Proverbs ends, a woman of noble character, who can find? She's worth more than rubies. And then we go straight to the story of Ruth. And what does Boaz call Ruth? He calls her a woman of noble character. And don't you think Obed never got tired of hearing his dad say, your mom, she's worth more than rubies. She is worth everything it took for me to get her. Some people said I was making a bad deal. Some people questioned my, my redeeming that estate. But I'm telling you, son, she is a treasure. She's worth everything I spent. She's worth every sacrifice I made to be able to marry your mom. Do you think Obed ever got tired of hearing that story? Dads, your children need to know how you feel about your kids, how you feel about their wife. I remember years ago, I was a brand new dad. I was at a uh, church picnic. Jim and Linda Miltner were there. Jim and Linda, I know you're watching this morning. You don't remember this, but I remember it. Uh, their kids were young, preteens for sure. And I remember that Linda asked one of her sons to do something for her. He was playing with some other kids. And his response to his mother was a little bit short. Just almost disrespectful. And Jim heard the comment. 
And Jim went to his son and said, I am not going to allow you to talk to my wife that way. He didn't say, I'm not going to allow you to talk to your mother that way. He said, you are not going to talk to my wife that way. And Jim, I'm sure you don't remember saying that. Maybe it's something you said all the time. I don't know, but I remember it. Because I was a brand new dad. And I thought, that's a subtle difference. But boy, that is a powerful difference. Because he's not just telling his son to respect Linda. He's telling his son, that's the woman I love. And I'm going to defend her. I think of all the, the gifts that God has blessed me with. You know, at the top of that list is my wife. Dads, your children need to know that you love their mother. And then one more thing, and, and, and I think maybe this is the most important. We need to be connecting our children to a bigger story. We need to be connecting our, our children to a bigger story than just us. Because like Boaz and like Ruth, most of us are pretty ordinary. We're pretty average. We live pretty normal lives. You know, you think about the book of Ruth. We spent six weeks in the book of Ruth. Nothing really spectacular happens in the book of Ruth. I told you week one, no miracles in this book. No giant surprises in this book. I mean, it's just some ordinary people. They glean, they work, they make plans, they fall in love, they get married, they have children. People have been doing those things for a long time. And I think it's important for people like us who work and make plans and fall in love and get married and have children. I think it's important for us to remember because I think there's a temptation to look at our ordinary lives and, and, and sort of want to drift toward uh, some meaningless pursuits and, and trying to give our lives excitement or give our lives purpose. And one of the things that the book of Ruth is asking us to do is to believe that an extraordinary God can take the life and the story of some pretty ordinary people and plug those ordinary people into such a bigger, grander, better story. Just taking people that live consistent, daily, faithful lives and plug them into a bigger story. Because that's what God's doing with Boaz and Ruth. He's plugging them into his purpose and his agenda. He's plugging them into a story that's so much bigger than they ever could have imagined on their own. And I think it's up to us parents to give our kids great stories to be a part of. Well, somebody's going to give them a story to be a part of. But we need to give our kids a great story to be a part of. We need to let them know they are already a part of a great story. Because the truth is, you just never know. You just never know how God's going to take an average life, a normal family, and use that life, use that family, maybe for generations to come. Psalm 78. Listen, my people, to my teaching. and Pay attention to what I say. I'm going to use wise sayings and explain mysteries from the past, things we have heard and known, things that our fathers told us. We will not stop 
We will not keep them from our children. We will tell the next generation about the Lord's power and His great deeds and the wonderful things He's done. One translation reads this way in verses 3 and 4. Our fathers told the story. And we will not forget the story. Our people will be telling the story to the last generation. What was the spiritual education program for Israel? How did God want His people to know about Him? It was parents telling kids the story. And they just kept telling the story all the way down the line. That was the plan. That's still the plan. Parents plugging their kids into the story of God. We need to encourage big kingdom dreams for our kids. And again, our kids need to know that God can take just ordinary people. There's nothing special about us. But God can take ordinary lives and use those lives into such wonderful uh, legacies. And our kids, I think, also need to know that you know, the story's still being written. And when we're living God's story, wow, the ending is something else. That's why we remember the book of Ruth. Because it's part of such a bigger story. And we're reminded of that the very last time we read Ruth's name in Scripture. It's Matthew chapter 1, the genealogy of Jesus. Boaz, the father of Obed, his mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. And it just keeps going until you get to the end. And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Isn't it amazing what God can do with an ordinary family living an ordinary life who allows themselves to be plugged into his story? And I know that every parent here, every person here, every person who's watching online, I know that when your story is told, you want your story you want your family to lead straight to Jesus. Just like Ruth. Just like Boaz. When my story is told, I want my story, I want my family to be in a straight line headed right to Jesus. And I know you do too. Hey, I hope you have enjoyed this walk through the book of Ruth as much as I have. And, and I want to say, maybe this morning, maybe, maybe you're watching online, and we've done this a time or two, but I, I apologize that we don't do it often enough, and we don't do it consistently, but we're going to change. Maybe you're watching online, you think, you know, I would like to talk to somebody about some spiritual things, or I would like to, someone to be praying for me about something that's going on in my life. Uh, you can go to our uh, website, in fact, I think maybe we can put a, uh, a link up right now on the screen where you can click on the link and you'll have some options. And if you want someone praying with you or praying for you, um, we would love to be able to do that. 
If you would like someone to, to reach out to you in a, in a personal way, there's some options there as well. And, and you can click on those links, and, and uh, we want to help you in any way that we can. And maybe you're here in the auditorium, and you're thinking the same thing. I'd, I'd kind of appreciate the prayers of people who love me over something that's going on in my life right now. At the end of our service this morning, uh, one of our elders is going to get up and give some instructions on, on how to make that happen. But for our time this morning, let's go ahead and let's close with a prayer. Father, I thank you for reminding us in the story of Ruth of the tremendous impact that we have on our children, our grandchildren, on future generations when we live lives of quiet obedience to you. And Father, we think of our own story and all the things that maybe we wish we'd done differently and maybe things that we wish we hadn't done that the same way. But Father, we thank you for the fact that uh, the end of that story is not yet written. And whatever mistakes we might have made in the past, we can begin today by telling and by living a better story. A story that is pointed straight to Jesus. It's in his name that I pray. Amen. Thank you, Tim. As we continue to prepare our hearts and our minds to take communion together, we're going to sing this song, and then I'm not sure who's coming to, someone's going to come and share some thoughts with us, and we'll share together in the Lord's Supper. Ladies, you start us off.
As we prepare our hearts and our minds to partake in the Lord's Supper, we want to reflect on the fact that Jesus was here for us. God sent him down to this earth to set an example, to show us the way, the truth, and the light. And we also keep in mind that as believers, as Christians, and disciples, we are not part of this world. We're not conformed to this world. And every day that we live, we should be seeking to renew our minds. Our minds are made up of our thoughts, what people told us, the things that we've done, and all that happened before we found Jesus and before we accepted Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. So every day that we live from that point on, we should consider one another, we should seek to study God's word, to become immersed and pray. And as we're doing that, it'll change us. It'll change our thoughts. It'll change the way we do things. It'll change how we treat people. It'll teach us how to love. And we'll see people as Jesus saw them. There was a time in the book of John, chapter 7, and verse 44, where the officers were sent out to arrest Jesus and bring him in. But they returned empty-handed. And when they were questioned, they said, we never saw a man speak like this. Jesus was no ordinary teacher. He came, he lived, and he died, and he rose again. And he's coming back. He's coming back for this world, he's coming back to save the people that believe in him, and he's also coming back for his church. For a scriptural reference, I want to lead your minds in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning with verse number 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do sure the Lord's death until he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink the cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, how excellent is thy name. We come, dear Heavenly Father, asking your blessings on the services that we've had up to this point. We thank you, dear Lord, for sending your Son down to this earth to give us an example of how we should live and conduct ourselves. 
We ask your blessings, Father, moving forward for keeping us safe from this virus. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for keeping us safe from all hurt, harm, or danger. And we thank you, dear Lord, for the things that you're going to do for us that we don't even know yet. We ask that you bless this cup and this bread. We ask that you help us to examine ourselves as we partake in it so that we may not condemn ourselves or others in this life or in the life to come. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We now come down to another portion of our service where we give you the opportunity to give back some of the things that the Lord has blessed you with during the week and also during your life. We talk about faith and being obedient. Our faith is developed because of our obedience to the Lord. Our faith is what defines us. And I found an acronym for faith, and I wanted to share it with you. Faith is forsaking all, I trust in him. Forsaking all, I trust in him. This is the reason why we emphasize so much that we're to immerse ourselves in God's word. We're to pray, we're to study, we're to change our mind, thereby we can set the example for others to help them change minds. This is a relational entity that we're involved in. We care about our brothers and sisters. Therefore, it's not just monetary gifts that we give. It's the Holy Spirit that lives within us that allows us to go out and proclaim God's word to a lost and dying world. So it's not so much a monetary gift, but it could be a personal gift, a spiritual gift. It could be a gift that we pass on to others sometimes that we don't even know. It could be a kind word. It could be, hey, have you tried Jesus? Let's pray together. Let's try to do read the Bible together. You're genuinely concerned about your brothers and sisters so that they too can grow and have the same experiences that you have. So as we prepare our hearts and minds to give back to God, just make sure we consider all of the things that we have at our disposal. God has provided us with his Holy Spirit that lives within us that gives us immense powers to fight against the devil, to be bold, to be brave. And when bad things happen, we know that we're going to rely on God and he will provide a way for us to escape and help us better. We come out better on the other end through our trials and tribulations. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for 
helping us to be closer to you. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for providing your word for us to study. And we thank you, dear Lord, for just helping us to be people of you and proclaim you in this world, dear Heavenly Father. And we thank you so much just for allowing us to work about this world and, and allowing us to be able to work and be healthy and, and just do the things that you would have us to do. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for using us just as normal people to give great messages to the world and show them that you are still in control. No matter what happens, you're still in control. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This will be our song before we dismiss today. As we talk about stories, um, this song definitely emphasizes that because it is the one story that um, really means probably the most to us because it is our salvation um, that is explained through it, um, through our son, Jesus Christ, um, through God's son, Jesus Christ, that we have a hope, we have a future, and we know where we're going. We don't, not many people get an advantage to say that they know where they can go if you just follow a certain route, but we do if we follow God's word. <clears throat> Amen. 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 Let's sing it over now. Amen. 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 See the little baby lying in the manger early in the morning. Amen. See him in the temple talking with the elders. Marveled at his wisdom. He's talking with the fishermen and making them disciples. Amen. It's a little softer. Want to tell you about my Jesus. Want to tell them about the crucified. See him in the garden. Talking to his father in deepest sorrow. See him on Calvary, he's dying for you and dying for me. Sing a little louder. Tell you about him risen. Want to tell you about my Jesus. See the empty tomb now. Jesus has arisen. Praise God, Jehovah. Now my sister sing.
Come, my brother, sing it. Amen. 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 Everybody sing it. Amen. Amen. Amen.